0: Soundstripe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Yardline, an LSU football podcast. I am your host, Kayla, and I'm excited to dive into football season with game recaps, some stats, some game time recipes, and a little bit of college football gossip. Make sure to follow me on Facebook at The Yardline, an LSU football podcast, and Instagram at The Yardline LSU, for all the latest updates this really is the most wonderful time of the year i would like to start out by saying that my thoughts and prayers are with the people of louisiana as they are recovering and rebuilding from hurricane ida louisiana people are strong resilient and the state is the epitome of unified people now let's dive into some football LSU comes into the season ranked at number 16 and having two new coordinators, Jake Peets on offense and Durante Jones on defense. The LSU Tigers traveled across the country to take on UCLA for the first time at Rose Bowl Stadium. Going into this game, the Tigers were undefeated in their last 12 Pac-12 matchups. LSU is coming off a tough 2020 season where they finished 5 and 5. I believe that this could be a make or break year for coach O and his future at LSU. There were a few things to be mindful of going into this game, including Miles Brennan is reported to be out indefinitely due to breaking his left arm in a non-sports related injury which required surgery. This has presented an opportunity for sophomore Max Johnson to fill in at the quarterback position. Last season, Johnson finished the season with eight touchdowns, over a thousand yards and one interception in six games. And he also pulled an upset against Florida. We have Derek Stingley leading the defense at the cornerback position, who is now sporting the number seven jersey worn by many LSU big names including Jamar Chase, Leonard Fournette, Patrick Peterson, Tyran Matthew, and Grant Delpit. This number is typically given and worn by a top player despite their position. Stingley appeared in seven 2020 games, all at the cornerback position with 27 tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, and broke up five passes. He did miss the 2020 season opener and last two games, but still performed a career best against Vanderbilt with six tackles. UCLA is coming off a 44 to 10 win over Hawaii. Both UCLA and LSU finished the 2020 season, allowing more than 400 yards per game. UCLA averaged 409 yards on 5.4 yards, while LSU allowed 492 yards per 7.3 yards per play, showing that LSU underperformed compared to UCLA in 2020. UCLA has some talent on its side, including quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson, who in the 2020 season completed over 65% of his passes for 12 touchdowns and 4 interceptions. This QB ran for 306 yards and three touchdowns. UCLA receiver Kyle Phillips had 38 catches and averaged 12.8 yards per punt return in the 2020 season. Greg Dulcich, tight end for the Bruins, had five touchdowns and was 26 for 51 yards in receptions. He was second best in the nation among tight ends with over 19 yards per catch. LSU was predicted to win the game over UCLA by 12 points. And while I do believe that stats are important, I also think that there are stats for literally everything. In my opinion, they should be talked about, but not all are necessary to tell the story of the game and the players. I will cover some, but I hope not to overwhelm you with them. The goal is to help paint a clear picture of the players and team performance. Now for a little bit of gossip. Stingley was featured on College Game Day, showing his connection with his grandfather, Daryl Stingley. Daryl was a wide receiver in the NFL and played for the Patriots from 1973 to 77. He was paralyzed by a hit that ended his career, Despite Derek not knowing him well, he said, quote, I think of him every time I go on the field, end quote. To me, this story just shows the special connection between a grandparent and their grandchild and how in this particular situation, the love of football and just the love of coming together as a team brought them together and is something that is treasured. And it wouldn't be football without a little bit of trash talk. On his social media page, UCLA quarterback, Dorian Thompson Robinson posted quote, LSU folk acting like they're 20 point favorites over us just because they're SEC. All I'm going to say is that SEC patch on the Jersey ain't going to help you on the field. It ain't going to save you from getting hit and pushed around on the field. I'm not too worried. I believe I have the best O-line in the country." End quote. Sounds like that UCLA education is failing our friend Dorian. Grammar check anyone? Now on to something a little lighter. Game day, food and drinks. It's not LSU football without food and adult beverages leading up to game day i like to start to plan my game day menu and i typically like to cook early in the day or throw something together in the crock pot and snack all day while college football is on in the background and i am waiting for the tigers to play yesterday i kept it pretty simple i grilled some chicken thighs and drumsticks half were seasoned and had a teriyaki glaze They were so yummy and packed with flavor and the other half did a dry rub with poultry seasoning and lemon juice now dry rubs typically aren't my favorite but these proved to be really tasty and they would pair well with a dipping sauce i also love a good dip recipe and they are typically pretty easy to throw together so they could be put in a crock pot or even made the day before and you just put them in the fridge They're also good for a group or just to have out so you can snack on all day. And this week I made a taco cream cheese dip and served it with corn chips. The dip is a spin on your traditional cheese dip and it's so delicious you really don't want to stop eating it. So it could be a little dangerous and it is kid approved. My kid loved it. And you can't have game day without an adult beverage. So yesterday I made a Moscow mule and I put a little spin on it. It was made with a cherry vodka, ginger beer, lime juice, cherry juice, and garnish for a little bit of flair. It reminded me of a cherry limeade drink. It was cool and refreshing and perfect if you are sitting outside on your patio enjoying game day. I will post all of these recipes on my Facebook, The Yardline and LSU football podcast, and my Instagram, at the Yardline LSU. I would love for you to share your game day recipes, and maybe I can feature them on my page. Now on to the game recap of LSU versus UCLA. The Tigers came out with a loss against their Bruins in last night's matchup. The final score was 38-27. There is a lot that can really be said about the matchup, but I think it is important to note that you could really see the heart that LSU played with and how much they wanted to open this season with a W. But there are many improvements that need to be made to get there. And it's also important to keep in mind, there was a new offensive coordinator calling plays. And there was a new defensive coordinator. I think this is something that really needs to be considered when evaluating how the Tigers played. LSU's defense started out on fire in the first quarter, but that fire soon died out by the second. The defense struggled to keep up with UCLA's quarterback who passed for 260 yards and three touchdowns. Their quarterback teamed with running back Zach Charbonnet who had 117 yards on 11 carries, could not be stopped by LSU. While there were moments of explosion and power on defense with Derek Stingley, but despite these efforts, LSU seemed to make it easy for UCLA by struggling to supply coverage and leaving their players wide open to catch passes. There were wide open spaces everywhere. It appeared that blocks were being missed left and right, and adjustments need to be made to help close those gaps and block passes. Let's get back to the drawing board and back to the basics. On offense, Max Johnson made his third career appearance with three passing touchdowns and 330 passing yards. He showed that he isn't afraid to run the ball. But my question is, where was the line? Where is his protection? Johnson was sacked four times. He had no time to do a quick glance of the field to pass the ball off. He was either sacked, forced to run, or forced to throw out of bounds just to keep possession. The quarterback running the ball is okay from time to time, but not an option that should be used frequently. It can leave them open and more susceptible to injury, and LSU can't afford the loss of another quarterback this season. The passing game needs to be worked on, but Johnson needs the protection of his line. There is no successful game without a good offensive line. While the Tigers looked hungry, their game looked messy. It is not just one thing that needs to be worked on. This is a team effort. And despite the loss, LSU had some good moments and a rising star in Booty. He had nine receptions for 148 yards. While this may not sound too impressive for Tiger fans, this young talent has game connection and chemistry with Johnson. And hey, he can't be drafted until 2023. This season has just gotten started, and there is room to grow and improve. Hang on, Tiger fans. We all know LSU likes to keep us on the edge of our seats. LSU moves on to face McNeese next week at Tiger Stadium. Hopefully, this matchup gives much-needed confidence boost to the team. Make sure to follow me on Facebook at The Yardline and LSU Football Podcast and on Instagram at The Yardline LSU. Until next week, Go Tigers!